Hello and welcome once again to the Golfing Greenkeeper podcast. As usual, you've probably worked it out by now. I'm Steve Smith, your host. I don't know if I need to keep saying it. For those that are new, I'm Steve Smith, your host. Thank you and I welcome you to join. Like I said at the beginning, hello and welcome. I rabble on, I rabble on. Look, it's probably because I am a little delirious. Sydney is emerging from COVID lockdown after something like four months. I don't think anyone, does that, are we allowed to go outside? Is that what it means? Can we see the sun again? I'm sure we can see it without looking through glass. This is, it's, I don't think people really know. We're all losing our minds a little bit with freedom, some of some type of freedom. This is episode number 27. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast episode with a segment, Walking the Fairways. Today, I, um, I, I, like I said at the beginning, we're just all a little bit delirious with, with coming out of lockdown. New South Wales, Sydney especially, trying to work out where we're, you know, we're hammered by choice. Where do we go? What do we do? Or do we just stay at home and do a little bit more of what we're doing? Who knows? But anyway, I know what we can all do. You and me, we can go and walk the fairway. So let's get stuck into it. As we walk out and about, let's, why not start with New South Wales? Let's, let's just see what's happening in New South Wales. Now, I've been hearing some things that uh, I've talked about Pimble Golf Club in Sydney's North Shore before. And they've been doing quite a fair bit of work. And uh, Pimble Golf Club, look, they're powering ahead with their course improvements. They're still doing plenty of work on the golf course. And the new iteration of their par 3 15th hole has just officially opened for play after extensively being remodeled. Still a par 3, but they've done a lot of work with the whole green complex. So there's plenty going on there. Now, like I said, they're powering through the works. They've, they've also, along with the 15th, they had an official opening ceremony sort of thing there. Um, first rounds being played, I think it was just last weekend of the new par three hole. So it looks fantastic. Great intricate bunkers around the sides of the greens as well. So fair bit of challenge there. Good bit of surface detail too. So there's a good challenge on that par three. It's one of their signature holes of Pimble as well. But they've also been doing some new work on the 11th hole and that includes removing a pond that was on the hole, but they've been laying down plenty of paths for their carts. So a lot of concrete going in for their cart paths. That protects the course, and you know, obviously Pimble gets plenty of cart use, so they're doing these things to make sure that they can protect the turf surfaces and concentrate the, the carts and keep them on an area that's not going to wear. So uh, lots, of, lots of stuff happening with remodeling on the 11th as well. Now that, now that 15's finished... They're doing 11. They're still getting through some work also on the second hole. So Pimble have been punching out quite a fair bit of work over there, which is good to see. We stay on the north shore of Sydney and we go to Wakehurst Golf Club now. And they have also ushered in some new work ready and open for play just a couple of weekends ago. And that's their new 9th and 18th green complexes that have been officially open for play. Now, I'm sure the members have been waiting for these areas to open with, with the great weather that we've been having uh, during the growing period, which has been great for the putting surfaces to grow. You know, they were all seeded up, so it takes a little bit to uh, to get those seed to strike well and the bent grass to grow in. Look, it hasn't been too... It's been a pretty mild winter, but leading into spring, it hasn't been too hot. So sort of this opposites effect, if you like. We've sort of had a really mild spring, but we had a mi- really mild winter. Normally... By the time we get to mid-October, we've had a few really, really warm days to punch it out 
hasn't been happening, but they're ready with the greens at Wakehurst. They've grown in well. They've got them open for play, and people are excited to get out there and test themselves on those new two new green complexes in 9 and 18. Now, I've mentioned before that those putting services were redone by Craig Parry. So uh, he's been there, done a little bit of work on, on a couple of... There's actually two more greens that are soon to be open as well. Now, I haven't had the chance myself to get in there. As I mentioned, that we've been in lockdown in Sydney and uh, I haven't been able to see them up close. But from what I have seen with a couple of photos and, and things that I've, I've been able to, to get my eyes across, they don't look too dissimilar to the style of some of the things that I saw at Palm Beach on the upper north north shore of Sydney, up in the upper northern beaches, I should say, which is a, a public access nine-hole golf course. Craig did some work there as well. And look, they're, they're, they, they appear to be reasonably straightforward surface details on the greens. Nothing too dramatic there at Wakehurst with the new ones. And by that, I mean there's not a lot of imagination to them. Um, like That's the part that gets me thinking they look a little bit like Palm Beach. And I don't know, again, the brief to Craig and the club might well have sort of said to them that, you know, we want to keep it tame, keep it keep it straightforward, not too intricate, not too difficult and not too over the top to keep in with the rest of the course. So they're reasonably straightforward. There's not a lot of detail imagination to the putting services there at Wakehurst from what I can tell. That's just from looking at photos and that is from a distance and that is also on a computer. So uh, like I said, It'll be much better, and I'll have a lot more for you to say when I get a chance, hopefully, to see what those greens look like in real life. But uh, yeah, look for me, they still look a little bit, a little bit so-so in uh, in the detail. Nothing to get terribly excited about there, but they are new greens, and that's a, that is something to get excited about for for those looking after the property there at Wakehurst. Right, so we're done with New South Wales and we're going to go north now to the warm state of Queensland, beautiful tropical Queensland as they say, and there's been a big announcement up there in QLD. The club at Parkwood Village has got something pretty impressive on its plate to bring to life. Now, along with being an amazingly well-done rejuvenation of a golf club and its facilities over recent years, and being home to also the Gold Coast Titans Rugby League Club. There's a lot happening up there at Parkwood. Parkwood have announced that they have just lodged a DA with the council to become a golf and surf lodge. Now, what does that mean? What exactly does a golf and surf lodge mean? Well, it means in short that they're going big, really, really big. They plan to rejig the course a little bit. So they're going to do a few little works to the golf course and, and adjust some of the holes in the layout just ever so slightly. But the main reason is because they're going to make way for the giant surf pool, which is basically, if you don't know what a surf pool is, it's basically a programmable wave-creating pool. This one has a beach at one end, so it's more like a surf beach as opposed to a wave pool, if you like. There's plenty of accommodation accommodation that's being built in as part of this concept, along with this unique surf beach and a rejuvenated and slightly remodeled golf course. This is massive. I mean huge. Parkwood, for me, have always been... They've always looked outside the box. They've always been sort of trying to try something new, something different, but not on a whim. They do a lot of homework there. And they really have always been sort of 
Yes. It, I won't even say against the grain. It's just that they do it differently, but, geez, they do it well. They really do it well. They've been a great club to follow, and, and I'm a visitor at Parkwood with my family. When we go up to the visit the Gold Coast, we go up to Goldie. Uh, we love going to Parkwood. It started off with a putt-putt course. They've got one of the most incredible mini golf, it, it should be called, mini golf courses up there, which is sort of what got us attracted to the place. And then we started to see them improve the, the clubhouse facilities and they slowly created the village area and they improve in the golf course all the time every time something else was improving. And then all of a sudden the Titans became involved and they had a training, a training rugby league field there and... It was just getting better and better and bigger and bigger. It was very, very impressive. And they've always been like that. It's fantastic. It really, really is and has been that way over the years. Now, Luke Olschweger is at the helm of the club as GM and is so incredibly passionate about the club. I remember having a chat with Luke when I was up there last time. And we went. To, we were having a look at the Top Golf Swing Suites, which is the golf simulators, the bar there, and it's just this place is unbelievable. It really is. It, it's actually a village on so many levels, and it really is so very very cool. So you know, for me, it seems like it's a very so the the whole wave pool and and the whole rigging of the golf course. This whole surf golf and surf lodge thing concept. It seems like it's a very Gold Coast development and something that would really, really work up there. And I think it would work really, really well. Like I said about Luke, the GM, he's super passionate. I've got no doubt that if this DA, if this DA gets approved, it will be a destination you will have to see to believe yourself. Dead set. It's just going to be sensationally enormous and a destination on its own. Oh, yeah, and part of the golf course rebuild is they want to build a copy of the 17th of Sawgrass, that little par 3, the classic par 3 island island par 3 that we know, that island green. They want to build that into the golf course as well. So, look, like I said, very gold, very gold coasty, if that's the right way of saying it. If you know the Gold Coast, you'll know what I mean by when I say that. And that's not a, a negative. That's a positive and just a, a really big a really big thing and a really big destination. So I want to keep an eye on that one. And I'm very, very curious to see how that goes down and whether it gets all approved and um, certainly when they start making it happen. Big deal. Big deal happening there at Parkwood. That's one, remember, Parkwood, Parkwood. I'm telling you, you will see more and more of this place. We go north to Pelican Waters near Caloundra on the southern end of the Sunshine Coast. They've been smashing through their new work on the back nine. Now, I mentioned this. It's golf, uh, Greg Norman Golf Course Design is redoing the uh, the golf course, full golf course remodel of the 18 holes there at Pelican Waters. And so much has been happening up there, including the, the new building works, such as the new pro shop is happening as well. The whole back nine is being dug up and rebuilt at the moment. It's just incredible. A whole lot of work. A whole lot of work. Now, I gather the plan is to do the back nine first at the moment, and then they're gonna f- and and keep the front nine open for play, and then they'll flip it. So there's nine holes open at the moment, so you can still play golf and get your golf fix. And then once that's done, the back nine's finished. They'll flip it. They'll open the back nine and dig up the front nine. So look, I estimate two years or so for this to be open for play. In my opinion, that's just my estimate. Estimate. But it will be interesting to see what the completed new course will look like and play like. And like I said, like I said, it's a Greg Norman redesign of his 
original design. So if you know it, look, plenty of people love Pelican Waters. It's going to be a good one, no doubt, with some of these new changes. So one to keep an eye on up there. Still on Sunshine Coast, we stop into Caloundra Golf Club, where they are really they're giving their 13th hole a bit of a makeover with the construction of a new green complex. So the 13th is just getting a whole new green complex, all dug up, all started. Whole new profile, whole new whole lot. It's um, The old green has been dug up, it's out. The new one is being built as we speak. All the layers are going in. They've done the drainage and stuff at the moment, so the surface is being put down at the moment. It's a slight reconfiguration of the surface details being done here. So uh, with the goal of increasing the green size is one of the big things they're going to do, which will give them more pin locations, which is a big thing, for, for certainly for older courses. And the green size itself is going to be about another quarter bigger again than what it used to be. So it's it's going to be an, a very good increase that'll that'll allow the um, the core staff and the greenkeepers to give you a lot more a lot more pin locations and hole locations to play with. So that will be interesting changes and new additions to thirteen up there at Caloundra. This will be a fantastic addition to the club and all the works they've been doing up there that I've talked about in the past, the little bits and pieces, bunker works and so on that they've been doing, that they've been ticking through the right stuff in the right way from what I've seen and I'm sure all their regular players are looking forward to the opening day for this new green. It's going to be fantastic for the club and certainly for the members and visitors alike up there. So Caloundra is coming at you with a new green before you know it. Now we hang around and we go to Brisbane to Nudgee Golf Club. Nudgee. Nudgee? Nudgee? It's not Mudgee in New South Wales. It's Nudgee. Nudgee. I'm not sure. I'm not a local, so I'll leave that one as it is. But I'm sure you've heard of it, no doubt. And um, they've recently completed the redesign and rebuild of their Kurai course, is the name of their their golf course. Now, they're a 36-hole facility there at Nudgee. So they've got two golf courses, and the whole lot's being redone. And it's just been announced that the Kurai course is the venue for the Queensland PGA Championship in early 2022, which is really, really exciting news for the club. Now, this redesign, like I mentioned, is just one half of a 36-hole facility, which the other golf course is named. So the other 18-hole course is called Bulker. And it's scheduled for completion early next year. And the redesign of the whole golf course, incidentally, or the 36-hole facility, is done by James Wiltshire. And you might have heard of his name in uh, around a few places. He's done Pacific Dunes there near Newcastle. And I'm pretty certain, if I'm not mistaken, it's the cut in WA, along with if you're from Sydney like I am. It's uh, He's done some work in the uh, probably about four or five years ago now to North Taramara Golf Course there. Some good stuff happening there too. So James Wilch is the man behind the design for the full 36-hole rebuild at Nudgee in Brisbane. And the Queensland PGA Championship has a new home for early next year in the Kurai course. Now we head from Queensland. We go to Victoria for something different. We haven't heard much out of Victoria last time we talked on walking the fairways. So I'm going to give you a bit of an update on what's happening down there in Vic. Malakuta, Malakuta Golf Club. It's in the far east of Victoria, the far east of Victoria, right on the coast. It is beautiful location, Malakuta. I remember going camping there with a mate of mine once many, many years ago, just after school. We did a bit of camping trip all through Victoria, and Malakuta was one of our first stops um, after a couple of days on the road from Sydney down that way, and it is just an absolutely beautiful location. It really is spectacular. 
Now, Mallacoota is a name you may remember hearing and seeing images and videos of the township itself back in the 2019, 20, early 2020, with a devastating bushfire, so sadly, that trapped thousands of people, thousands of holidaymakers down there, and um, with all the, you know, Basically, so much of the forest was burning down around the township and trapped all the holidaymakers there. It was really, really scary time and absolutely devastating for the local area. And uh, from a golf perspective, the, cor- co- the golf course itself and the surrounds were also affected by that fire. Well, along with the incredibly magic natural regeneration of bush areas that goes along and happens post-bushfires, the regrowth of the all the... The flora is just incredible. Things you see, things that happen, things that germinate, plants that start again. It just really is Mother Nature like you've never seen before. Well, that's going on now a year or two on from the bushfires and it continues to regenerate in these newfound ways. It's amazing around the course, some of those areas where the fires are burned. It really is spectacular, some of that new regrowth. And there's a whole lot going on down there. It's some new new plant life is coming out. You're seeing flowers that you've never seen before. When the when the bush is so dense, you can't see some of the beauty in it. So when it cleared out after a fire, as devastating as it was, but these are the cycles of Australian bushland. When you see these new plants come out, the first plants that are to emerge after fires, and don't forget, plenty of Australian plants are... Uh, their seeds germinate after bushfire and only after bushfire. So there's a lot of things that happen after fire that doesn't happen any other time. It really is very unique and certainly something to see. And that's what the members and uh, some of the townsfolk around Mallacoota are starting to see from the local area in its regeneration. It really is spectacular. Now, also in Mallacoota, one of the things I wanted to mention is there's actually some whispers going around that they may have some new redesign work happening on the course soon. So look, keep your eye out for this one, and I'll keep my ears out to see if there's any truth to the rumor about what may be happening to the golf course. But have heard a rumor, and I won't report on anything I don't know um, until I hear something more concrete. So see if I can let you know about that one in the future. Now, we stay in Victoria, and we head to, we head to Commonwealth Golf Club, the well-known Commonwealth Golf Club, I'm pretty certain from memory it was the host of the 1967 Australian Open. It's a beautiful golf course. It is Commonwealth on the sand belt. Probably one of the lesser-known courses down, you know, beneath the, the, the Royal Melbournes, obviously, and the Kingston Heaths and the Huntingdales and so on, metros. But Commonwealth is a fantastic golf course. Now, they're certainly doing some interesting stuff at the moment. They're starting to change over some of their fairway services to, wait for it, my favorite grass, Santa Ana Cooch. Bar none. Favorite, most versatile grass for fairways and tees and surrounds. I love it. Fantastic. Big fan. That's what they're putting down on some of their fairways down there at Commonwealth at the moment. They've recently had the line planting machine in on their course, and it's been planting out the Santa Ana for the process of conversion. I can't begin to tell you. And look, if you've heard some of me talking on the podcast on other episodes about how much I'm a fan of Santa Ana, it really is the best cooch hybrid bar none. And I don't care what anyone says. I know that's only my opinion. But when you work with grass and you work with a number of different types of grasses, and now I've traveled so far to a lot of places I've traveled around Australia to see different grass types, I always come back to Santa Ana. 
I was working at Katoomba. I hadn't seen a great deal of courses around the place to see what different surfaces were like, but I'd heard a little bit about it, spoken to peers about it, and we decided that Santa Ana was the cooch for us, even though we're a very cold climate area. But it was so good for us because we didn't have the irrigation on the fairways. Santa Ana is one of the most drought-tolerant cooch grasses there is. It is so tough. And we had no irrigation, extremely shallow soils in the Blue Mountains, and every time we got a little bit of rain after a dry spell, Santa Ana would just go, hello, I'm here, and I'm going to be beautiful. That's how good it is. It really is that good. Now, if you give it regular water and it's got good growing temperatures and really good soil, it's going to grow extremely well and borders on probably too well. And by that, I mean it creates a lot of thatch. And you've heard me talk about thatch in the past. Thatch can be a real headache, and you've really got to work hard at Santa Ana to keep it thin, to keep that thatch level down so that it's manageable and very good to play on. And don't get me wrong, even if you don't, and we didn't really have the facilities to keep the thatch down at Katoomba, it still was a great grass. But if you have the facilities, if you have the labour, if you have the time to keep thatch to a minimum in Santa Ana, you will have the best grass on your fairways. Like I said, don't care what anyone else says. And there's been some studies. I was at the uh, Greenkeeping, the annual Greenkeeping Conference at the Gold Coast earlier this year, and they had uh, a, a presentation on different cooch trials in Australia. And lo and behold, on about 80% of the different measuring and the different metrics that was um, utilized to compare the cooch varieties, about 75 to 80% of the time, Santa Rana was in the top two. It really is that good. I struggle when I hear people trying different grasses, trying different cooches, trying different things. Just go to Santa Rana. It's just beautiful. So that's what they're doing. Commonwealth, yet another golf course that's gone. We want to put Santa Rana on our fairways. So Commonwealth, big thumbs up from me. I'm looking forward to seeing how well these fairways come across after the uh, Santa Ana really grows in. Probably going to take about a year or two, or a year or maybe even two growing seasons to really dominate, but it's well worth it. Well worth it. So that's what's happening at Commonwealth. Now we head not too far away to Sandy Golf Links, which is the old Sandringham Golf Course, which happens to be across the road from Royal Melbourne. Sandy Golf Links. Their new, brand new driving range, part of the full redevelopment of the whole facility, their brand new driving range is now open for practice. Another piece of the redevelopment puzzle is now open to go along with the new OCM redesigned 18-hole golf course, which has opened to great reviews. Now it's been open for, what's it been open for? Probably, oh, it'd be close to, to 10 months, I think. Something like that. It's been open for a while. And to have the practice range out, the driving range up and open, is uh, one of the final pieces of the golfing puzzle there, which is great to see and really exciting for people in Melbourne. And now, look, you're coming out of lockdown down there in Victoria. You want to get out and you're playing your golf. I know what you want to be doing, the same as us here in New South Wales in Sydney. So really exciting stuff. If you're a public and you're not a member of any of those private courses, you can get down there and enjoy the sandbelt on the magically renovated Sandy Links. So go for it. You'll love it. You'll enjoy it. And you've got a driving range to practice too. How good's that? Fantastic setup they've got going on there. Now we head east from Melbourne to Yalorn, the Yalorn Golf Club, which I talked about a couple of episodes ago. They've kicked off their new course works, starting with the third tee construction. So they're getting into their construction. 
It's uh, it's all happening down there as part of the new works. Now, this is part of the design changes in the course done by OCM, and it's on the back of a new development happening there. It's taking up a little bit of the course land that was previously that the course previously occupied. They've obviously sold off to uh, to get some funding, to get some money, and uh, there's a little bit of rejigging of the course done by OCM, so you know it's going to be good. A couple of good new holes happening, and they've already kicked it off with the third T construction. So that's what's happening down there at Yolorn in Victoria, and that's a little bit about Victoria as well, guys. So um, good stuff happening down there if you're moving around, looking to get out of lockdown and play some different places. Keep an eye on things with walking the fairways, and I'll keep you up to date with what's happening around the place to get to. Now, I've got a new little component here. It's just a little bit of an addition that I wanted to bring in, and I have talked about it in the past, but I want to talk about some new equipment acquisitions by some golf clubs. And why do you guys want to know who's getting new gear? It's probably something you probably think. It's like, Steve, we don't care who's getting new machinery. We're not really interested. As golfers, we don't care as long as it's good to play off, right? Well, it's a little bit like all the other tips and things that I do with the Greenkeeper Shed, and I love keeping you up to date with what golf courses are doing new things to, and they're rejigging their course, new construction, greens like, you know, Caloundra doing some new works, Yolorna doing some new works. It's not always the big courses doing big rebuilds like Pelican Waters and some of the other courses as well. New equipment acquisitions is no different, and I'll tell you why. Just like those course improvements that give you an improved course experience through new challenges during a round, new equipment purchases give you an insight as to which clubs are continuing to improve the quality of their turf surfaces that you play on. And when clubs are updating their equipment, they're updating how they maintain their golf course, and that in turn gives you an idea as to who's planning on improving their course through their maintenance. So it does give you a bit of insight on how those golf courses are improving their presentation and the quality of their surfaces that you're going to play on. So it's a good indicator. And I'm starting to hear a little bit about this. I'm starting to see which courses are getting a little bit of machinery. It's not always the big courses getting fleets of equipment. You know, they're always staying up to date with their gear. But sometimes when you hear some of the other courses getting a few odds and ends, and that they haven't been able to update for five years or 10 years, it's a really positive sign to see. It means that they're, they're not having to battle away with some old or outdated equipment and just keep it ticking over. It means they're moving forward. It means they're investing in themselves so that they can, they can strive to improve to deliver you a better experience. And that is most important. Certainly when it comes to maintenance, that is a really big deal. So I'm going to go through a couple. And I'll go back to your lawn, which I just mentioned. Now, they've just taken delivery of a new John Deere spray tank utility vehicle and also a new Dakota top dresser. Now, that's going to make light work of top dressing requirements around the golf course. A top dresser is just a fantastic bit of gear. And having a Dakota is going to give them the facility to be able to do some light, more dustings, more regular in the golf courses, uh, sorry, on the golf greens. And that will in turn, no doubt, that's how they'll use it. That will give you a slightly firmer surface. It'll decrease the thatch levels by diluting the thatch. It's going to give you a bit more bounce, a bit more of a firmer surface and a truer putting surface. So your lawn here, along with some of those course improvements and changes that they're happening, they're looking to improve a little bit more of their green surfaces and the course overall. So start to see over the next 12 to 24 months, you're going to start to see a few more improvements around the course. And a new spray tank, a spray rig, is one of the most important tools on a golf course. 
that comes back to being able to maintain the specific type of turf grass that they want in their greens more more predominantly around. They can control the growth regulation potentially as well, and depending on what types of grasses they want to manage and look after and, and deal with any disease and pest pressure and keep that at bay better and more regularly as well. You really need to keep those things up to date. So your lawn is really saying by these two acquisitions that they're going to improve their course not only with the new course construction, but also more overall, they're specking up. They're going to they're, they're going to deliver a better product. So you're going to see your lawn start to improve even more than it already is. And if you're a visitor of your lawn, you already know you know what they're able to deliver to you as a as a player as an experience. They're going to get better again. So that's a good one. That's a really good one for me. Long Reef in Sydney. Now Long Reef is on the northern beaches of Sydney. They're a great golf course. They really are. They've got a great name. They're another one on the list of a delivery of a new Dakota top dresser. So this particular machine is going to give them the facility to, like I said, to do more, to stay up to date with top dressing, to deliver better surfaces around the golf course and to do it more regularly, which is, you know, you often get peaks and troughs when it comes to top dressing. So it can be hard to manage if you don't have the gear. They've got an older Dakota top dresser that's still going strong after 16 years. The new one will give them added reliability and also decrease the time it takes to top dress certain areas, being able to use two machines out there at the same time. So you'll be able to do, say, all of your greens in half the time. So it's going to be quicker turnaround time for light dustings in the mornings. More regularly, they'll be able to do them more regularly, keep those surfaces truer, faster and firmer. They'll also be able to just prolong the life of their other machine as well. So that's a step up for long reef too. Don't get me wrong, top dressing machines are incredible. And finally, on the list of club and courses that have recently received new equipment, I go to Kuroi Golf Club in the northern on the northern end of Queensland Sunshine Coast. So Kuroi, it's specifically it's in the it's in Noosa's hinterland. So it's a little bit elevated. They've recently taken delivery. It's not a big metro golf course, it's not even a Pelican Waters. It's a much smaller, sort of slightly regional golf course. They've taken delivery of a new Toro utility vehicle. Now, these vehicles are as important as any of the other things because it keeps them keeps them moving. It keeps the staff around the course more regular and they're able to do things more often, more reliably. A utility vehicle is, is just the workhorse at the base of any greenkeeping team. It really is fantastic. So to see a smaller course get a brand new utility vehicle, like Kuroi getting hold of one of these, that's a step up for them. So you're starting to see a golf course like that slowly do some investment where they can. They're not, you know, they're actually thinking about how they can move forward. So that's another good thing. So Kuroi is one to keep on your on your list as well. If you travel up that way for a little bit of golf, they're starting to invest in their golf course and improvements as well through some of this new equipment acquisition stuff too. Really good stuff to see. So that's just something new I wanted to bring in there for you. And I think you'll, as you get around and you start to see courses, you'll be able to pick you know, who's able to invest in themselves a little bit more. And I think it's a good thing. So that's why I wanted to include it. Now we jump to one of my favorite segments of walking the fairways, and that is sustainable golf. Now we go back to Victoria. We go to Woodend Golf Club. Some of you may not have heard of Woodend. I hadn't heard of Woodend. I did my little bit of research. I love working out where places are, are located, where courses are located. Now it's northwest of Melbourne, it's about 45 or so minutes northwest of Melbourne out of town. 
just under the halfway mark between Melbourne and Bendigo. So if you know that direction out the highway out there, that's where you go to Woodend. Well, Woodend have managed to secure some funding and have engaged Environmental Golf Solutions, which is Kate Torgerson. Kate Torgerson, she's a very, very well-regarded environmental expert. They've been engaged, and she's going to be able to enable the course to create some regeneration zones whereby they'll be harboring and fostering certain plant species in the in these revegetation areas in these certain parts of the golf course. Now, this will increase the number of local endemic species of flora and ultimately fauna that can call the golf course home. This is important. More clubs need to be doing this, in my opinion, and I love seeing when this happens. You've heard me talk about it before, and Woodend are another one that through, the, through a grant system in Victoria that they've got, they've got this funding, they've got the right people involved in Kate Torgerson as well. This is really good to see. It will increase the number, like I said, the, it will increase the number of local species of flora and fauna. And, you know, if you're a regular player or visitor of the cool-looking Woodend Golf Course, and I say cool-looking because it does look really cool. I did a little bit of research about it. It looks cool. I like it. Woodend, it's cool. This is a sustainability initiative that is worth getting behind. I just really think this is a positive move, and I think anyone who visits and who is a member is part of that club, good on you, and talk about it more. Start talking about this stuff, and be proud. If you're a part of that club, be proud of this. This is a really, really good thing. It's a really good initiative to get behind. Now, the course is located in the Macedon Ranges Shire, and will no doubt be a wonderful place to help foster this local, these local flora species that they're looking to do so with. Really, really impressive to see. Certainly a smaller club as well like Woodend. Um, I'm excited by this project and I look forward to seeing and hearing more about it. So that's Sustainable Golf, guys. And I'm going to drop in one more. Towards the end of walking the fairways, Tournament Golf. Tournament Golf. We, we, we love, at the end of the day... The reason we love looking after golf courses is for people to enjoy and for competition. And tournaments are the highest level of competition. Now, it's recently been announced, and you've probably heard the disappointing news, that the Australian Open, both the men's and women's Australian Opens, have been cancelled. Really disappointing. I was really disheartened when I heard that. Made some comments on social media. Really sad to hear about, and I was so... I was disappointed when it was postponed from the end of this year to early next year and then to hear that it was canned altogether, not not cool. Yeah, not cool. So sad. The one positive, I don't know. There's, look, there's no positives. I shouldn't say that. There are no positives to being cancelled. It's disappointing. But the one thing is, next stop is Victoria Golf Club in Melbourne. Sadly, we've missed out on Kingston Heath. Sadly, we've now missed out on the Australian. But next stop is Victoria Golf Club in Melbourne. Now, this is going to be super cool to watch. Victoria, it's got the statue of Peter Thompson there on the first tee. It's it's a great, great, great golf course. And we haven't seen it for a little while in tournament golf. So I'm really excited to watch this. I really am. It's going to be super cool. It's Peter Thompson's home track, the late Peter Thompson's home track. It's going to be epic to watch this thing. And to be back on Melbourne Sandbelt, who's not going to be excited about it? I think it's going to be sensational. So look forward to seeing this one happen for the men's. That's the Men's Australian Open in uh, in late 2022. Going to be exciting to watch there at Victoria Golf Club. 
One thing that's happening is the men's PGA is still scheduled to go ahead on in in mid January, 13 to 16 of January next year. Now it's at RQ, it's at Royal Queensland. It used to be at Royal Pines. I thought it was still at Royal Pines, but turns out it's not. It's at Royal Queensland. So that will be interesting to watch as well. It will be hopefully still going ahead. There's no reason in Queensland why it wouldn't be, I wouldn't imagine. But we look forward to watching that one with with sort of beaming wide eyes, I will say, because uh, we've been starved of golf for so long here in Australia. It's going to be great to watch a homegrown tournament, and this one being the men's PGA there at RQ. The other one I wanted to mention was the WebEx Players Series. Now, you might remember the Players Series early last year. Early last year? Early this year, I should say. It wasn't last year. Early in 2021, where they went to Rosebud, then they went to Bonnie Doon in Sydney. So Rosebud in Victoria, Bonnie Doon in Sydney. Great, great tournament for me. I absolutely loved this concept, and it was the one with the men's and women's and juniors all combined. They all played together. Really, really good to watch. Really entertaining, and I love the courses that they picked in Rosebud and Bonnie Doon. Now, they've just announced, the WebEx, through the you know, the player series, I should say, through the PGA, have just announced for 2022 the, uh, the run sheet for the 2022 tournaments and where they'll be held. And we see a return of the player series at Victoria, which is always which was the first one this year, is going to be the first one again next year, hosted by Jeff Ogilvy at Rosebud again. And it will be on the third to the sixth of February. That's gonna be great. We know how good the last one was, so this one will be no doubt just as entertaining. The second one will be in Sydney, hosted by Braithen Astor at Bonnie Doon, which again is a copy of last year. And that was a great event. I attended that one with a wife and our newborn, who at the time was five months old, I think Savannah was. We got the stroller out. We walked around the golf course. We are watching players. Bumped into, into Lock and Leash, which I had a conversation with on the podcast from Finding Fairways. You know, on Instagram, Finding Fairways on Instagram, they're a great couple. They really are really into their golf, and they're traveling the country now playing all sorts of different golf courses. I think they're over in... WA at the moment playing golf. They've done half a loop of half a lap of the country. I really enjoyed the play series. It was so fun to be there and watch these players play around. It was really, really entertaining stuff. Different levels, mixed events. What more could you ask for? It was a real success story of early this year, in my opinion, the, the player series. And in addition, for next year's series, they've expanded. They've added a third one. They've added a third player series event. And it's going to be, wait for it, if you haven't heard already, it's going to be in the Hunter Valley, near Newcastle, north of Sydney. This is exciting. It's This one's hosted by Jan Stevenson, the famous female Australian professional, touring professional, who come out of the Hunter Valley. That's her home. And also the POM, as we, as we all know, Peter O'Malley, the Bathurst boy. So Jan and, and Pete are the hosts of the event at the Hunter Valley, and it's going to be played at... I'm so happy with this. I'm really, really happy with this. It's going to be played at my favorite course in the Hunter, and that's Cypress Lakes. And Cypress Lakes and Superintendent Craig Malloy. Craig Malloy is a great operator as a superintendent at Cypress Lakes. Him and his team have done a wonderful job improving this course to bring it back to its former glory over the last sort of, I don't know, seven or so years, I think Craig's been there for. And I've got to tell you, it is back to its former glory of the early 2000s. 
This is going to be a fantastic event, and I'm really, really excited to have it. How could you not want it in the Hunter? How good is it going to be to go up there for a weekend in the Hunter Valley? Stay, some great food in the Hunter. It's one of Australia's best wine regions. Great food, great wine, and now great golf to watch. And Cyprus is so much fun. It's nothing like Rosebud. It's nothing like Bonnie Doon. It's a bit more of a resorty feel. It's a Steve Smyers design. It was done in the early 90s. And it's got a great lot. It's going to have... You know what? It's going to be really good to see how they offset the the T-marker positions for the men, the women, and the juniors. It's going to be really entertaining is what Cypress Lakes is going to be. And it's on the 10th to the 13th of March. I'm really looking forward to it. I know the course well. I've played it plenty of times. And I'm really pumped to see how it goes. One of the curious things is they've changed the, the routing numbers a few times at Cypress over the years. And it's to do with noise, which frustrates me. I think just leave it as is. So I know the original course layout. I've played all sorts of different iterations of the layout. But I'll be curious to see which way they go in the routing. But I'm going to be curious to watch how they play the holes and how they compare and how they offset the tees for each of the different individual players, be it the men's, the women's, and the juniors. So Cyprus has hit some pretty awesome heights now being a host of the Players Series. So WebEx Players Series, going to be a good one in the new year. And one more, just finally, just late mail, I will say, late mail. Just popped in today, I saw, and I don't know enough about it. I haven't read about it, but Jeff Ogilvie and Mike Clayton are involved with it. And it's the Sandbelt Invitational. I'm not sure if you've heard about this one. This is super exciting. This really is exciting. So this is a tournament that's going to be played over four golf courses in four days around Melbourne Sandbelt. I've barely read the article, so I'll find out some more details for you in the coming weeks. But the Sandbelt Invitational is what it's called, and they're looking to launch it. Um, I think it's being played... Actually, I don't even know. I don't even know if it's the end of this year or next year. But one to watch, and really interesting to see how that format is too, whether it's um, much similar at all to the Player Series. With I think it is being a mixed event as well. So I just thought I'd throw that in for a bit of late mail. If you haven't heard about it yet... Google search the Sandbelt Invitational with Jeff Ogilvie. There's a little bit going around in the media at the moment, but uh, another exciting one. So I think there's been a bit of a turn here. I'm starting to see with you know the stalwarts of the Aussie Open and things. Look, I don't want them to go missing. They've got great history in Australia. They really, really do. But some of these new tournaments, we're getting back to the days of the Cannon Challenge, hopefully. We're getting back to the days of, you know, I think it was the, I don't even remember some of the names when I was a kid watching them, but I think back to stories I've heard of the Dunlop Invitational back in the in the 70s and so on. So we're seeing some new types of tournaments pop up now, which has given us a bit of a taste. We want to get out there to see some tournament golf, and hopefully this is the means to do so. And I'm really looking to see how this shakes it up. Really exciting times, guys. And if you're going to be you know, around to see these events, make the effort to go and see them. They need that, you know. It's if they're open to galleries, get out there and do it. This is the way to see golf. This is the way to do it now. Let's get back out there like we used to, and be on the ground. Watch golf in real life, like you can. Get a break from reality. Stop sitting at home. Go out there and enjoy the courses. You're gonna see some good stuff. And let's face it, how good have our golf courses come? How far have they come in the last 20, 30 years? It's good to get out there and be a spectator again, especially, you know. If the, if the giant crowds aren't there, you're going to be able to intimately watch golf. 
It's fantastic. You're going to see stuff you haven't seen before, probably stuff you never knew. I'm excited by tournament golf in Australia at the moment. It's changing. The, it's It could be a changing in the guard. It really is exciting. And things like the Players Series and the Sandbelt Invitational are just the start we need. Very exciting. Look, guys, that's the Walk in the Fairways for this week, episode 27. Please like, share, subscribe. Comment away to me. I'll have a couple of um, posts coming out that'll talk about the release of this podcast. Mention a couple of things. I want to have a chat with you. DM me. Don't mind. I'm happy to chat, happy to talk about things. I'm really excited by all the stuff that I've just talked about, some of the changes. If they're a place that you play, if they're a place that you visit, if got you excited, keeps you interested, tournament golf, Let's get the conversation going and let's stay excited about golf now that we're able to get back outside and enjoy life in the states that have been locked down. Guys, that's Walking the Fairways, episode 27. As always, you hit them clean, we'll keep them green, and I look forward to catching up with you next week.